You know, we mentioned this last week, but mm-hmm. it is very rare that there is a an anime that you have watched mm-hmm. that I have not watched. It's very rare. I mean, if you're a long-time listener, that dates back to the second episode we did when we talked about <laughs> High School of the Dead, which that was a, another case of this very scenario. And Chobits, oh, I guess, which yeah, has and happened Chobits. more recently. Yeah, so there's two two examples of this. Uh, we have We have now brought a third to the table. You know, it's actually interesting that in subsequent rewatches, I like High School of the Dead better. <laughs> That's that is something that I don't think many people on the internet would say. <laughs> Mm-mm. Especially compared to what we're about to talk about. Yes, 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 indeedy. Hello, welcome. This is episode number seventy. The big seven zero. We're old people now. We're like in retirement. Well, probably not. No, we're gonna work till we're dead. Yep. Of a season, let me check up OVA. <laughs> well, that got depressing. <laughs> this is a podcast where we have conversations about anime, manga, video games, those sorts of things. Hello, I'm Jared. Joined, as always, by Anladium. Hi! And we're going to talk to you about the turn-of-the-century hit, Fooly Cooly. Mm-hmm. Or as... Not wised up Jared for a good amount of time, just thought it was called FLCL. <laughs> I was like, well, that's some, okay. And then I saw it started, I started seeing people call it Fooly Cooly. I was like, did they, they say that because, like, you're just trying to say the, the letters in conjunction with each other? Like, Fooly Cool. <laughs> that's what happens when I don't watch a show and everyone else has watched it, apparently. Yeah, Fooly Cooly. Oh, so yeah, I had not watched this show. I'd known about it because, like, obviously, if you run around anime culture for a good enough time, you're gonna run into it and people talking about it. But strangely enough, the thing that got me to watch it wasn't just like oh, curiosity about the show itself. Yeah, no, because I kind of forgot that it existed. Right, because like there was, I mean, I had curiosity about it, but like. I didn't realize it was a six-episode run. I figured it was like a yeah. full season, so I was like, well, that's a, that's a lot of time to devote. I don't know. But, you know, uh, Adult Swim did their April Fool's thing where they showed everything in Japanese, and the big thing about this was that they premiered the first episode of Fooly Cooly Alternative, mm-hmm. which isn't set to air until later this year. And... I watched that and I was like, well, this is strange and kind of weird, but also kind of interesting. So, like, I'm intrigued, so I should probably go back and watch that original series now <laughs> before yeah. those new shows come to be. And that's what we did. Yep. I had to rewatch it because, um, I guess, for my background on this, I watched it when it first aired on Adult Swim, like, in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, when I was a, a wee... Al, I watched this, and I, by we Al, I mean like what I was a teenager. Um, I think yeah, that's right. If it, if it, if it originally aired in '03, then that would make you like mid-teens. Yeah. yeah, I was I was in high school when I watched it. Yeah. Um, and I remember that I really really liked it, and the big thing that I took out of it was that I became like a big fan of the pillows. <laughs> I feel like that's a big selling point for just everyone who comes out of the show. Yeah, I mean, because most people, at least that I knew of, didn't know about the pillows until this. And then when they came out, they're like, oh, they're really good. (laughs) And like, yeah, they're really good. Um, So that was my big thing when we were watching the uh, April Fool's thing, because we were both waiting up for JoJo and didn't get JoJo until, well... That was sort of JoJo. Anyway, um, when we were watching it, I was like, I really, really hope that with this new new series that they include the pillows as well because like, that's what made part of Fully Cooly so iconic was the, the music of it. And so 
that was that was my big big takeaway of the series was just liking the band. I'm pretty sure like when they they fully announced that, like hey we're we're coming back with like a new se- series of this like that was the first thing they like announced as well like yeah we got them as well so <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it would be really, really depressing if you had any kind of Fully Cooly without the pillows. Honestly, the pillows could just do something without Fully Cooly too, which they do, but... They are a band by themselves, yes. They are a band by themselves. <laughs> I'm saying that, like, they don't have to have Fully Cooly to be a good, successful band. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Generally, just listen to the pillows. <laughs> so, like I said earlier, this is a very turn of the century show specifically Mm -hmm. because it debuted in 2000 in japan uh and it's an ova series so it ran from april 2000 all the way until march 2001 so six episodes split over nearly a year so it's a good couple months in between one of the primary reasons why the animation in the show is fantastic is because you know having that much time in between episodes you're gonna be able to do a little bit more things than if you're just doing a a normal season run of a show yeah the the animation is spot on like it is beautiful uh it was of course also done by gynax who most notably are famous for the evangelion series take that for what you will uh, and also production ig did did some work on it as well and they're they're the team that's going to be uh doing the the sequel series because i don't think gynax exists anymore Hmm. Or maybe they do, but I don't think like they're the same like type of company. I don't know. I could be wrong. This says they still uh, exist, but like they're just, like I don't think they're doing much stuff anymore. Hmm. I don't know if you're aware of this, and you might because you have the Wikipedia page up. But um, Stephanie Shea, who uh, you know as Usagi, mm-hmm. uh, was also involved with the um. Like production of the the U.S. version of this. Yeah, I saw her in like the, the in the credits. I saw her name. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh. She's in there twice because she uses her like stage name for voicing, but then Stephanie Shea as herself did like the pr- producing for it. Yeah. Um, because she was um, shoot, I have the Wikipedia page up, and I'm never gonna <laughs> remember her name. the The 17 year old girl that's his ex, his his brother's ex girlfriend or whatever. Mamimi. Mamimi, um, that she voices her, but also like she was very, very involved with bringing it over. So I think that's really interesting that, um, like she was so instrumental in the process because that's not something you usually think of when you think of like voice actors. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I guess it makes, it makes a lot of sense for her because I think she she did a lot of like the she was the like the voice director for like a silent voice. Yep. So like she's probably done a, like a bunch of stuff like that. So yeah, she's she's more involved in like production stuff than a lot of voice actors are. But yeah. um, this was probably probably my first experience with her. Yeah. Cons- like I didn't really know much about her then because it was 2003. So, <laughs> but. She's uh, become pretty prolific. Yeah, I would assume this is a pretty early role for her. Yeah, this is like on Wikipedia, it's her third uh, credited role. So at least in voice acting for anime. So yeah, and I mean, like I said, she's become like really prolific in yeah, like the anime and video game world. So it's pretty impressive to see like this is one of her first roles, and that she was so involved with it. So I'm assuming she like had some form of attachment to it. Right. It's just funny to think she went from this and then like a year later she was doing Shadow Hearts Covenant. She was Anastasia. Yeah. <laughs> I love Anastasia. So let's talk about the show. Let's do it. Because I digested all those six episodes. That's impressive. Yeah, got them right through the right through the intestines. Uh, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. And it's one of those things where genuinely I don't know what to think about it. And I've been yeah. trying to like rack my head about like, okay, is this good? Is it bad? And I'm like, legitimately, I don't know. Yeah. There's parts um, of it I can appreciate, but there's also parts of it, you know, like we've talked about where it's really a show that 
is of its era if it is of its time period and a lot of shows that are like that even if they are very influential and just iconic in certain ways are very hard to go back to because they are of a time and place yeah and rewatching those in different eras or cultures or contexts like you're not going to get the same experience that you would if you would have seen it back when it was originally airing yeah and i think with like my my version of this viewing experience was again I watched it when I was a teenager and then I went back and watched it now I'm 30 mm-hmm. and 30 year old me thinks a lot of very very different things than teenage me who is still living in Tennessee so I mean I just I can't say that I like love it anymore um I do think that one episode is by far the best like hands down in my opinion it is the best episode of the entire six which one is Uh, that the fire starter episode okay that one to me was really good because it had like a very defined arc yeah um you got a lot of character development uh and it was beautiful uh but the story itself was actually like easy to follow it made sense and um, it, it gave a lot of backstory to this character who, like, from the first episode, you kind of get, like, a creeper vibe off of. Or at least I did because I'm, like, 30 years old and thinking <laughs> that she's going after a, a 12-year-old and that's really gross. Yeah. Um, but you start understanding, like, wow, this girl really has problems. But I thought that Firestarter was still it, – it was still a good episode. Um some of the other ones I can't say the same about. Yeah, I think I would mostly agree with that. And and I think the there's like the issues maybe with like the other episodes is that they start to like they lose that narrative arc. Yeah. And really try to just go for like the weird for the sake of being weird style. Mm-hmm. Which granted, like for that time period, that was the thing. Yeah, I mean it's kinda like the L O L random culture. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, I don't... The less it kind of, like, tried to deviate from a story and then by the end of it try and, like, course correct and make a story by the finale. Yeah. I just... I don't know. But that's also, you know, as a person, I will privilege good storytelling over just, like, absurdity. Yeah. So for me, I think, like, that's, like, that's going to weigh a little bit heavier than what other people will see it because like we were talking about this earlier we were like you know this wikipedia page has like oh here's what people thought at the time when it you know originally came out over here in english and a good majority of those reviews are just like it was fun to watch so that means it's good which that's a not good reviewing no and b doesn't really explain why people thought it was good or fun to watch right and it also like it really doesn't say much for the series and that, okay, it was fun to watch. Okay, why does that matter? Like, is it fun to watch because it's pretty? Because, yes, it is pretty. Yeah, like, the animation uh, is gorgeous and really still holds watch? up, like, 17, oh, yeah, 18 April. years later. Um, and Because a lot of art from that era doesn't. Mm-hmm. But it really doesn't give any kind of insight as to, like, why people liked it back then. And I really couldn't even tell you why high school me liked it back then i think like i don't remember (laughs) i think a lot of people also have like you know since then i've tried to pinpoint that like oh it's a coming of age story it's about uh now to growing up and maturing over like this certain set period of time what is it that that's 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 the thing like is it really though I don't think so. Does he like like, you don't really see much growth from now throughout the six episodes He's still a twelve-year-old boy. Yeah. I mean, by the time of the by the finale, he's what like he goes to he's starting middle school at that point. Yeah, he turns thirteen. And it's like you're you're obviously not seeing like that much growth or like it, even any perceived growth by the time like you see that point. So I think it's one of those things where if you're seeing this when you're around that age, or at least like you're a teenager of some point, like it's easier to connect to like that type of story because it's like 
here's this young kid who gets like this crazy sort of adventure, this essence of freedom that a lot of people don't have when they're that age. And here's just a bunch of wacky things that happen to him in a place that, you know, as the story basically says at the very beginning and at the end of it, in a place where nothing happens. Like, I think that's way easier to connect to when you're that age, that, that young, than if you are our age and have gone through a bunch of life experiences by this point and <laughs> essentially have grown up. So I just feel like I need to have like a deep gravelly voice and be like, I've seen some <laughs> but no, I mean, you're right. We've been through a lot of stuff in life that I had not been through as a teenager. And so, and obviously like now to had a, a really different experience, but I don't really see it as a coming of age story and I don't really see it as growth. And also like looking back at this, I realized that like Haruko is kind of like one of the first Manic Pixie Dream Girl type oh, scenarios. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I I didn't really think about that when I was a kid, but she is straight up, like, that's what she is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's problematic. I still like some things that have that, that trope in it, but as I get older, I'm like, yeah, maybe don't do that. Um, and it's not like the show really does anything good with that trope, like or even like oh, in- no. remotely interesting. Or even try to, like, have her break out of that at all. Yeah. Um, before we move on, there was a, a quote we, we talked about uh, before we started oh. recording that I wanted to mention here. Uh, yeah. This was from the director, Kazuya Sudamaki, And in response to criticism of the show, he said, Comprehension should I... not be... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comprehension should not be an important factor in Fully Cooly. I think that's bullshit. That's a, that's a bad way to respond to criticism, Firstly, yes. And secondly, it's just like you're just saying, "Hey, you don't need to put any thought into this. All of this is bullshit. Like, none of this really matters." But it's also like really a pretentious answer. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if I went into my dissertation defense and I was like, "You know, just like quote that straight up." Like, they would look at me and fail me immediately. <laughs> you know, you know who else would say this quote and say it verbatim? Namora. Well, maybe Nomura, but I was thinking more Ernest Klein. Oh, Ernest Klein would say that. Because he's a pretentious <laughs> hat as well, so. Oh, he is. <laughs> it's so pretentious and it's ridiculous because essentially what you're saying is like, I didn't tell a good enough story, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. And like, that's on you to tell that story. And if if people don't get it, like because of one reason or another then like that's bad like, that's bad storytelling it is entirely possible that you can do absurd ridiculous storytelling or just like absurdity and ridiculous in general while still having it intersect with good storytelling i think a good example of that honestly is Catherine. yeah um like if you compare this to Catherine, which is a really weird comparison <laughs> but stay with me like, Catherine lives off of absurdity, but set in a very realistic setting. And this could kind of be the same kind of scenario where it's like this Japanese town where nothing ever happens. And then, like, hits the fan because, wow, things are happening now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Catherine is still able to tell a fantastic story even through all the absurdity of it. Yeah. And, like, with this one, I kind of... Like, I cruised through it, what, Sunday, and was trying to remember what it was all about. And then by the end of it, I'm like, I don't really know what to think about this. Like, what was the point? I feel like I kind of wasted my time. It's like you get four episodes of just absurdity, and then in five and six, they're like, oh, right. We need to add some, like, some some, some type of story here to really, like, because we have two episodes left, and we need to conclude this in some sort of way. And even then, like, it's only half of episode five. Like, you have episode one where you get, like, the introduction of the story. And then, like, half of episode five is like, oh, right. There's supposed to be some kind of conclusion to this, right? And then six happens. You're like, um, okay. Yeah. It's 
I don't know, man. It's a strange thing. It is. I mean, it's so frustrating when you go back and watch something and it's not as good as you remember it being. But it's also kind of like enlightening in a way. Yeah. Which, I mean, this isn't to say like this entire show is bad. No, like I said, Firestarter is still a fantastic episode. And I I think that that is by far the best one. I think uh, the localization team did a good job. Mm-hmm. Like converting Chris, <laughs> converting a mess, a mess of like just ridiculousness into a coherent story from Japanese to English, which seemed that probably would have been a fallacious task. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. I thousand percent believe that they had a hard time localizing this. I think though, like the voice acting is kind of dull at points. Yeah. Which I mean, granted, it's it's an early two thousands anime dub, so like. That's gonna happen. Yep. But that's the thing. Uh, like, but like, <laughs> the way that they include like ridiculous pop culture, pop culture references. I always say pulp, which is weird. Uh, into the show is super strange, but also like ones that I'm not expecting at all. I'm so glad that I introduced you to Richard Cheese that... via Mario Kart because otherwise that reference would not have hit. Obviously, that's a that's a reference that the English localization probably put in, but oh yeah. Even still, like, why is an anime localization team referencing Richard Cheese in 2003? Because that was the peak of Richard Cheese like popularity, <sighs> and like if you think of like, okay. Again, we're going back to High School Al. Like, High School Al was obsessed with Richard Cheese, and High School <laughs> Al also watched Fully Cooley. So, like, it was the same kinds of people that were interested in these things. But also, like, um, that's just a reference that past that isn't going to age at all. Oh, no. like Which makes I, it even just more ridiculous. I wonder how many people you go to, like... In general now. And so, like, do you know who Richard Cheese is? And, like, get a an affirmative, hey, buddy, an affirmative response. <laughs> I mean, even then, like, we talk about how, like, some of the ridiculousness in the show is not great. But, like, this kind of ridiculousness is pretty good. Because, like, I it's literally, I heard it and I was like, I had to do a double take. I was like, did I really just hear that? <laughs> <laughs> well, especially because, like, the context is her saying, like, the musical stylings of Jimi Hendrix, Paul McCartney, and Richard Cheese. And you're like, what? <laughs> it's, it's, it's even like, it's like a ridiculous, like, just s- slew of, like, artists. It's like those, yeah. those, and then she's like, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Rage Against the Machine, Richard Cheese. It's like, what? What? <laughs> what? It, yeah. Uh, it, and even then, like, it's a, it's a, it's a, a bookend to, like, uh, Nauta's dad coming in dressed as Lupin. Yep. And then them just like referencing that. Uh, also, they're also referencing John Woo films in the middle of that as well. Yep. And it's like, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, it it was. I forgot that that reference happened. Um, but I was pleased because well, yeah. I mean, I've I've been listening to Richard Cheese for ever and like i said i was so thankful that i had introduced you to that guy because otherwise you would have been really confused should we give context on who richard cheese is because i'm sure there's going to be listeners out there who have no idea who he is right okay so richard cheese um which if you think about his name for a second you'll understand why he is named richard cheese Mm -hmm. um richard cheese was really famous and by really famous, I mean like in nerd circles in the early 2000s, because what he would do is take popular songs and turn them into like lounge music. And so like, if you think about Down With The Sickness, oh, wow. do you really think, <laughs> wow, um, <laughs> he, he turned that into a lounge song and it's just like him snapping along <laughs> like it's it's wonderful and so he he took very popular songs from like the 90s and turn of turn of the century into like lounge songs and they're often like completely absurd uh he was a comedian in that sense like that was one of his things was that he was kind of marketed as a comedian 
Um, I don't know if he's still at it. I haven't checked in a while, but his his peak of popularity was definitely the early 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that is context on who Richard Hughes is. And if you have not heard him, I recommend doing so immediately because he is amazing. And Jared got the... Uh, What's the best way for me to word this? <laughs> you got like the quick and dirty of it on Mario Kart <laughs> one night because I was like, we were racing and then one song came on. You're just like, what? Yeah. Is that? And I was like, oh, oh, wait. Oh, just wait. And then I went through all the songs and had you listen to them and or all the songs that I had on my phone. I would be real curious to like, to see if like if since they probably changed the the japanese references there like it was like who it originally was was there a was there a richard cheese in japan that they had to change that for (laughs) i i would be fascinated to find out what originally was there because this wiki page also says like uh they referenced crystal pepsi in an episode yep which is another thing that was a good cheap pop for me but like they 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 basically say like oh uh in the japanese version that was a reference to uh basically a similar thing of a old soda that got thrown away essentially called cheerio but for this mm-hmm. they're like well, let's just use crystal pepsi because it's basically the same thing yeah but real but hmm mm-hmm. i wonder for like you know the audience that this show was like kind of that we've, we've basically said was trying to garner for, like that teenage market. Yeah. Do they really get Crystal Pepsi references in the early 2000s? Because, I mean, Crystal I mean, Pepsi was around in the very early 90s. So, like, like I mean, I was born in 90. Like, I'm aware of what Crystal Pepsi was. Like, so I guess, like, it probably would hit with that audience. I mean, I knew what Crystal Pepsi was. Yeah. And, like, I was kind of, like, a target audience at the right. time. I guess if it was, like, you know for people a little bit younger that that might be on the edge of where that hits or not like if you if, yeah. you, if you threw in a crystal pepsi reference in a show today nobody would nobody get it, would get were, it if they were younger yeah where you really go for that you go for a pepsi blue reference oh my god i still maintain pepsi blue was very good and uh pepsi made the mistake of discontinuing it when uh it was uh it was a nice good beverage that tasted like bubble gum it's very good Pepsi Blue, bring um, it back. I'll drink pop again if they bring Pepsi Blue back. <laughs> I forgot that you call it pop. Uh, as an update, I just checked the Wikipedia for Richard Cheese. And apparently Down with the Sickness was in Dawn of the Dead. Um, like the There film? was also the 2004 one, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, there was Richard Cheese songs in Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, which was 2016. What? <laughs> yep. And there was also a Richard Cheese song in Lego Batman movie where he sings Man in the Mirror, performing an elevator music version of Everything is Awesome as well. Wow. How did people say Batman vs. Superman was bad when it has Richard Cheese in it? Yeah, I mean, clearly they're wrong. Clearly. <laughs> oh. Richard Cheese is, is real, real good. So yeah, he's still at it. Um, <laughs> I don't actually remember like what Crystal Pepsi tasted like. I don't think I, I wish I, mean, I, don't, I never had it. So, I got, but they brought it back recently. Yeah, I'm sure they did. I want to say. I don't know. Like, I oh was yeah, probably... yeah. So, welcome to Soda Pop Facts here with Jared and Al. <laughs> so, Crystal Pepsi was originally introduced in 1992 to 1993, and then they brought it back in 2015 via giveaway. My God! And then brought it back in 2016 and 2017, but it was has just recently been discontinued as of November 20th of 2017. Okay, so I mean, I probably did have some at some point because, like, 92, I was old enough to drink soda. <laughs> According to the Wikipedia, the product's original market life was sabotaged by a competitor, Coca-Cola, in a <laughs> quote-unquote suicidal kamikaze plan. <laughs> Which sacrificed its tab clear product in order to end them both. Wow. 
man, early nineties like soda Savage. rivalries was something else. That's what I we need a movie about that. Or an anime. Can you imagine <laughs> anime about like Coke and Pepsi rivalry in the nineties? Yeah, I I one thousand percent could. <laughs> I'd watch that. So yeah, that's your so uh, that's your Crystal Pepsi, Pepsi uh, historical update. <laughs> it's fascinating. I forgot Tab existed. But yeah, there there's there's references in this that are very good. <laughs> I think that's the the moral of the story here. Yeah, and those are points where it hits really really well. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are the references? Maybe not the South Park reference. That that's yeah, that is that extremely one. like of its time. Like, which granted, South Park still still airs even though it's trash but well it's always been trash well yeah I mean that that's that's also true but that was very much a thing of like it's also kind of interesting as well just because like this is a Japanese show and yeah. seeing how big that show got South Park specifically that it permeated into an anime and they parodied it like that shows the far reaching you know effects that that show had but still like seeing that in 2018 it's just like yeah okay this is you're definitely showing your age when you're when you're putting this in that's it's some fascinating crossover though that that even totally yeah true true like i'm not sure that's at the point of like wow richard cheese got referenced but like it's it's pretty pretty high up there Mm -hmm. especially because it was original right so one thing that I do want to, like, for sure mention, and I don't know if you want me to bring this up now, but um, I'm going to anyway. <laughs> um, can't stop you. Cannot stop. Can't stop, won't stop. I've kind of, like, passingly mentioned this throughout this episode, but it is really, really problematic that the lead character is a 12-year-old boy and that his two romantic interests are, like, nearly adult women, if not adult women. Because um, one is 17 and the other is questionable in age, but like generally her age is given as around 19. Mm-hmm. He is 12. And like I understand that that's like a. Gotta love masculine power fantasies. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is, and especially like in Japan, they really like that kind of masculine power fantasy. Yeah. But like it's it's gross and it's really, really not fun to watch at all. Like, I felt creeped out watching this a few times. I'm like, I mean, that first not, episode, I'm they basically go real hard in that direction, and it's super uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, it's extremely uncomfortable. And then, like, you have like a somewhat rivalry between the two girls, and like, and between, and also like Nauta and his dad. Dad. Yeah. It's like what? Yeah, it, it's it's really, really gross. And actually, the one with his dad was really problematic as well. Um, because I, I think that it's an issue that they have, like, 12-year-old boy and these, like, honestly predatory older women coming at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have, like, the added twist of the fact that uh, Mamimi... Uh, was also dating his older brother and like calls him the same name that she called his older brother. Cause like clearly she has issues. We find that out, <laughs> but pretty early on. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that, ew. um, but the whole rivalry with his dad for one was completely unnecessary. Especially cause like that first episode is, like she shows up and then the dad's just like, oh, "Are you too f-ing? Yeah. Oh, it's gross. And like to immediately assume that your 12-year-old son is banging this adult woman like for one if I were like if for some reason I had a child and like they were 12 and showed up with an adult, I would be very very put off. Like, "Who are you? What are you doing with my kid? What the heck?" And my first assumption would not be like, hey, y'all banging? It really, like, that that scene in particular, and, like, a lot of, like, the scenes with his dad and uh, uh, Haruko mm-hmm. really reminded me of the, like, the the 
the R-rated raunchy teen comedy style that permeated yeah. throughout this time period. Mm-hmm. Like especially like in American films, I don't know how it was over in Japan, but that's the that's basically how I was like how it reminded me of because like that type of thing where that type of conflict wouldn't be out of the question in like that sort of film or like that yeah. sort of comedy per se. And then like I had to, I think it was episode four that I, I texted you and was like, make sure you're wearing headphones when you watch this episode, please. Cause it straight up sounds like porn. Mm-hmm. And like, I was embarrassed that I was watching it in my living room. Cause I'm like, my neighbor can probably hear this. And they think that I'm watching porno <laughs> and like, you know, that that whole episode is literally just trash. Well, <laughs> um, what's the word I'm looking for? Trash. Not trash. Garbage. It's 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 the entire episode Don't is justify. literally just innuendo. Yes. Because it's all about oh, he's got to hit. He's got to. He's got to. He's got to swing the bat. Wink, wink. Yeah. Wink, wink. And again, he is twelve. Like, yeah. can we let 12-year-old boys be 12-year-old boys and not, like, imply that they should be, like, banging everybody? That'd be nice. Not if you're wanting to get this nice, uh, power fantasy for teenagers, no. Yeah. Also, tangentially, on a side note, aren't there times in this in this series where they literally address the, they break the fourth wall and address the camera? Yes. Or they just like make a reference that there's like some kind of show going or like, on or yeah, whatever. Like they're like, oh, that's what they would do in anime. That's dumb. Yeah. Um, and even like at one point they're addressing like what the heck fully coolie means. They never they never address it. <laughs> well, they they try to address it, but like it they don't come up with an answer. Right. I I just kind of felt like none of those moments really did anything or like, they don't were like good for the story or like even just for the the series as a whole so yeah it can that can be done but it has to be done well yeah, yeah, yeah. and i feel like because everything was one rushed and two lol random in this that it just didn't really work also like i'm still so disgusted by that fourth episode <laughs> And then they, and then they follow it up with a fifth episode where hey let's get some Nazi iconography in there. Yeah, wow. So I again texted you beforehand and I'm like, um, um, this is bad. Yeah. I don't remember this. <laughs> uh, I wonder if that was like, if maybe in that original run they like edited it out. Oh, that's possible that maybe it was edited out like when I watched it in, on Adult Swim. That's really, really possible because I feel like I would have been upset about that even back then. Because that's not okay, for one. Um, and two, it's also like most people don't know this, but I also have like major issues with Attack on Titan because of so much like Nazi references. Mm-hmm. Um, Nazi humor is not really a good thing. No. <laughs> uh, no. Like the only time that I've really seen it work is the producers when they do springtime for Hitler, but like they're m- mocking him. Right. Um, but in this case, it's not that. And it's just, it's bad. And I'll be real, like, I saw that and I completely, like, zoned out because I didn't care anymore. I stopped caring immediately what was going to happen in the fifth and sixth episodes as soon as I saw that. It was a lot of guns. Well, yeah, I believe that. But I'm just saying that, like, personally, that was not okay. And that was, like, my breaking point of, like, I liked this show and I can no longer say that I liked this show. Right. Like episode four was pushing it for me. And then we got to episode five. I'm like, nope, no, I've just, I I kept it on in the background and I did something else because I did not care anymore. It it is one of those things. Like we, we talked about this after I watched it. Like Japan has this weird 
rela- they're okay with it. <laughs> this weird relationship with Nazi iconography where like, yeah, they're, they're not as, I guess, pushed back by it. Like a lot of the rest of the world has become. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if that's like because they were on the same side of the war or what that was, but like, it's, it's an issue. And I, I, hmm, it's hard to say because Japan historically was not much better than Nazi Germany in terms of like atrocities that they committed, uh, which is why like um, in Korea, Persona 5 was edit- edited mm-hmm. right? because of the rising sun. Yeah. And so, like, in a lot of Asian countries, the rising sun is treated in the same way as, like, Nazis are. Um, And, like, the swastika and that kind of thing. I think it's not that hard to do better. (laughs) Yeah. But, again, like, Attack on Titan is also just, like, filled with Nazi... Like, not actual swastikas, but, like, if you're watching it, you realize straight up, like, oh, okay, wow, that's what they're doing here. That's, no, it's bad. And it's one of the quickest ways to just turn me off of any kind of Japanese media is to start putting that kind of stuff in. Because that's not okay humor. It's one of those things where I would be real curious if, like, any studio would think that they could pull that off today. Like putting a swastika in? Right. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think if they were at all thinking about like localizing or having it localized, the like That that's a good that's a really great point. Yeah. Because a lot of, you know a lot of the business side now has to deal with, okay, well, licensing this out to other countries and all that sort of stuff, like I wonder if like if they even tried that like the business side of anime production would be like mm, no nope yeah I mean personally I would hope that that would be the case right um but I I can't be sure because uh I will fully admit like I am not an expert on Japanese culture and I will never be an expert on Japanese culture I right. know more than like a general person on the street maybe but like I don't know the intricacies of Japanese culture and I I don't speak Japanese I've never been there so it's going to be hard for me to say but it's still bad yeah and it it shouldn't be done I mean like we don't make jokes about like dropping nuclear bombs on Japan well okay some good people do. People, good people don't make those jokes. And you very, very rarely, if at all, see it in any kind of like entertainment media. So it, it's, there's still a lot of international scars from World War II. And I think that being somewhat sensitive to that is kind of important. Right. And I do know that like there's the whole formula of like tragedy plus time equals comedy. But I don't think that like, the mass massacre of humans can ever be that. Yeah. This got real serious. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Those sorts of things happen at times. Yeah. I mean, it, I just feel like it's important to note in this because yeah, especially, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I said, I don't actually remember what happens in the rest of episode five or six because I stopped paying attention when that happened. Um, and that's not good. I really, really do wonder if they had, had that edited when I watched it, though. Or if maybe I just wasn't really thinking it like I wasn't as sensitive to like the realities of that when I was in high school, which is also a good possibility it's because true. like. I, I don't like... want to say that I was like sheltered, but I lived in a small town right. in Tennessee. I kind of feel like it would make sense if they would like censor that in some way just because you know it's the early 2000s and like obviously Adult Swim at the time was had kind of been established by that point but even then like still yeah that's risky it's pushing it it's risky yeah 
But uh, but none of this that I have in front of me like mentions that at all. So I don't know. Who knows? Shrug shoulders. Shrug shoulders. I guess in general, before we talk about like the sequel series, like it's a strange show. Like I think it's it it's gorgeous to look at at times. Like the animation is just superb. The mm-hmm. the music is great. All that stuff. Like there's some good there's some good gags here and there. Like the references, some of the references are real goofy and fun. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, for like for someone like me who favor storytelling for a lot yeah. of things like i don't think this does this just doesn't have enough for me to like really say like oh this is a really great story that i would recommend to a lot of people like it's just the story's not really there it's, it's it's there but it's not really there yeah it, it's not they rely more on the randomness and absurdity than they do an actual story and 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 like we talked about i think it's it's certainly one of the things where when you come to it and at what time period you come to it is really going to affect like how you view the show. Yeah. Um, I will say though, I still think the closing of this is fantastic. Like with the live action, like Vespa, I think it's awesome. It's really good. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the briefly the, the sequel series that are coming up later this, later this year. Uh, so we're getting them before Japan. Wow. If I am if I am correct on that. Cuz I think they're going to air both of them in September in Japan as as uh as movies. While oh. we will get them as episodes. Okay. So uh supposedly starting in June on Adult Swim, we will get Fully Coolie Progressive first and that'll run from June 2nd through six episodes so that would be like what the end of august or not the end of august the end of july yeah potentially or the beginning of august yeah and then fully coolly alternative which is the which is which was the first episode that they aired on april 1st that will air on in september and be another six episodes are they gonna do subtitles i would assume if if these are on adult swim they're gonna be dubbed i would most likely be sure most likely yeah yeah because because um, the whole big thing about them doing that Japanese bit for April Fools is that like that was the first time they'd ever the first time they ever aired, done that aired like Japanese uh, language shows in the entire run of Toonami, all yep. the way back into the the late nineties. <laughs> so I would just I would highly assume that they're, they're dubbed. If not, then I'm just wrong. No, I mean it, it's an interesting question um, because. I mean, who knows? But um, I feel like it's probably the case because, like you say, that's kind of like their mo. But yeah. I mean, I'm fine with dubs. So uh, this is the synopsis that Adult Swim has published for the world to see. And apparently, this goes for I guess both of the the series. Even though this one this one seems to fit more for Alternative, which is the one we mm-hmm. saw. In the new season of Fully Cooly, many years have passed since Naota and Harahara Haruko shared their adventure together. Meanwhile, the war between the two entities known as Medical Mechanica and Fraternity rages across the galaxy. Enter Hidomi, a young teenage girl who believes there is nothing amazing to her, to ex- amazing to expect from her average life until one day when a new teacher named Hardako arrives at her school. Soon enough, Medical Mechanica is attacking her town and Hidomi discovers a secret within her that can save everyone, a secret that only Hardako can unlock. But why did Hardako return to Earth? What happened to her Rickenbacker 4001? She left with Nauta. And where did the human type robot human type robot Conti go? Conti was good. All questions that need to be answered. But that's for the series. <laughs> that's for the series that comes in September. Yep. The one in June, I think is supposed to be more in line of the sequel to Fooly Cooly. Oh, okay. In general. But I don't think they have like a good like legit synopsis for it because that one, like we said, like that's more for alternative. And it is worth mentioning that um, Adult Swim is going to start airing the original series. Um, I think today. it would be yeah today or tonight. Um, yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, if you're interested in going back and watching it, or if you've never watched it before and you're still interested for some reason, um, that would be a good option to watch it. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, 1130. I think so. That sounds right. Eastern. EST. So if you have a, if you have the Cartoon Network, as the kids like to call it. Oh my God. They also call it the Teen Titans Network. A Teen Titan Go. Yeah. Please. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's when it'll they'll it'll be airing starting tonight, and then that'll run for what six weeks. Yeah. Well, because it's six episodes, unless something weird happens, because sometimes that happens right. with it as well. So I think that would give it like one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, it would run until the nineteenth of May, and then there would be a week off, and then the the new series would start. And that makes sense. Yeah. So you can watch this and have a beer lead up for JoJo. Yeah, JoJo. Yeah. This all started because we were trying to watch JoJo. <laughs> That's usually how it always goes. And instead, they're like, "Here, has some fully coolie." <laughs> Are you? I know we're probably going to watch watch these sequel series. Are you yeah. given given that you rewatch the series and everything, and your new feelings about it? Also, I guess we should say that like. For the most part, the entire team behind the series, both series, is pretty much new. There's not a lot of carryover. That gives me hope. Yeah. <laughs> that gives me a lot of hope. Um, the pillows are there, and there's a new team, so I'm hoping that that helps. Um, the art is still gorgeous, and there wasn't really anything too terribly problematic in the in the episode we watched. Uh, although it was funny because you were texting me, and you're like, why does she have a thing coming out of her forehead? <laughs> I was like, oh, right. That's a thing that happens in Fully Coolie. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that they do better. And I think that, like, maybe the fact that there has been time between it can help. Uh, but then 18 again, years like, is a lot of time. <laughs> it is. Um, but again, like, yesterday I was texting you pictures of how, like, they straight up show like I blanking on her name Makoto's lady bits on a, a figure. So Japan sometimes just doesn't choose to be better. Uh, yeah, you're not wrong. <sighs> so I mean, like cautiously optimistic. And I think the one interesting angle that these shows can really take is that if they try and kind of go like the same, like oh attempting to be like a coming of age story again Mm. how does that look in 2018 compared to 2000 yeah and um i think it'll also be interesting to see like how would that work with a girl right yeah that too um because i'm wondering if there will be less of like the masculine power fantasy nonsense in it because the protagonist is not a 12 year old boy Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean they could do something really, really ridiculous and it wouldn't be the first time. True. But, um, like I said, cautiously optimistic. We'll see. But, like, after watching the original and, like, originally having, like, good feelings about it and then coming back and I'm like, whoa, no more, no more real good feelings there. <laughs> um, like, I'm, I'm nervous about it and I hope that it is better and I hope that it does well. But, I don't know. Like, I've had a complete like turnaround on like my feelings on this show. So, thirty-year-old Al is just <laughs> jaded. Doesn't like sexualization of twelve-year-old boys. I think I'll say that like I'm glad I finally saw it. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's iconic. Yeah. But I don't think it's the greatest thing ever or anything like that. But like, no. I'm I'm very much like understanding like, hey, I'm coming to this at a at a place where I'm probably not the years later. I'm not the I'm not the designated audience for the show. Yeah. So that's something to understand. But like, I I can understand that, and I can also stand why people hold this show up so highly. So, there you go. 
I mean, again, like I mentioned at the very beginning, I would rather watch High School of the Dead again rather than watch this again. And that is crazy. But that's just because, like, High School of the Dead to me is fantastic satire. Two shows that are full of ridiculousness. Yeah, absolutely full of ridiculousness and also panty shots. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well. And relatively short. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think for the most this part, happened. that's going to wrap this episode up. <laughs> we have foolied, we have coolied. Whatever that means. Yeah. Um, hopefully, nothing inappropriate. Uh, I assume we will reconvene following the 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 second season. Yeah, I think we'll come back to this once we've seen um, like the two. I would say we like we'll come back after the one in June, and then we'll come back after one in September and say like what yeah, we think what about. Mm-hmm. So, this is not the end of the fully coolie episodes. So one cue well, up roundabout real quick. We'll, the hot, we'll have that play <laughs> <us out. laughs> I mean, we were going in for JoJo. I mean, not the roundabout parts of JoJo, but still, I miss roundabout. I mean, yeah, I miss that being a huge meme. And just being everywhere and just I miss that giggling meme too. all the time about it. It was a good meme, and it I didn't was. even watch JoJo then. Me either. It's wonderful. Huh. Bring back the roundabout meme, guys. It's true. They should. Well, like I said, that's going to do it for this episode. Mm-hmm. If you would like more from us, go to seasonalamycheckup.com or sac.cool, where you can find past episodes of this podcast. There's a lot of them. True. And go back and listen to the uh, High School of the Dead or the Chobits ones that we mentioned earlier. Got to go in the archives for those. Yeah. I mean, High School of the Dead was literally like our second episode. It was the second episode, yeah. Yeah, wow. And it's just all about me talking about like how to view High School of the Dead as satire mm-hmm. rather than like taking it at face value. Very much worth listening to so <laughs> that you can, uh, you can understand that High School of the Dead is not just straight up fan service. Back when we weren't doing episodes weekly and just like doing them very randomly. Yeah. Things have changed. Uh, you can also find other podcasts on the site as well, such as Jared and I watch Sailor Moon Crystal and Season Lantern Checkup proper. That's not the mm-hmm. name of it. It's just the proper version of it. The original. <laughs> the OG. OG. Uh, you can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. You can follow Anladium at Anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews as well. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup, where you can follow along with the the weekly Persona 5 the animation ratings. Very, very legitimate. <laughs> I do say so myself. I agree with you, honestly. And there's like, I don't know, there's other stuff on that Twitter as well. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. We, we post things. Sometimes. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash SACOVA. You're like, wow, that these people really harped on Fooly Cooly. I should give them a dollar. <laughs> that's what they that's what people do, right? <laughs> uh <laughs> next week. What if we talked about a manga that we just got today? <laughs> Please, yes. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, that 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 determines that. Yeah. Uh, next week we will we'll talk about the your name manga. Like if you cry every time. Unless like they swerve us and like this is not the final volume of it. It says final on the front. Does it really? Well, yeah, it does. Room, I can't see. <laughs> it does say final okay. on the front. Also, there's no more story to tell unless well, they. I don't know. I mean, there five is five centimeters per second did. That's true. So. Um. And honestly, like, there's stuff in the, like, other side novel that's fantastic that I would love to see in a manga. But for now. Just the manga. Just the manga. We'll talk about that next week. And I guess talk about differences and how it translates from manga to film and all that sort of stuff. We'll dive into all that. And uh, Al will probably cry some more. All the time. 